and to put it behind us, all the bad, all the negative, all the not so good, however you want to describe it, those things that happened that were uh, negative in 2023, we're going to shut the door on those things. We're going to refrain from thinking about them and keeping them in our conversations if possible. Amen. We talked about keys in 2023. Let's go ahead and use the key to shut the door and lock it. Praise God. Those things are not going to come out to haunt us. Those things are not going to come out to drag us down. They're not going to come and be something that we're going to pull along as baggage. Uh, we're going to shut the door. Praise God. Now, I'm not naive to think that there are some things that are not going to drag along. I know that there are things that have happened that have a, uh, a large and lasting effect. And we have to work through those things. And with the help of God, there will be a working through. Because we're going to go to the God who heals the brokenhearted. We're going to go to the God who opens the doors. We're going to go to the one who is going to fulfill his word as he proclaimed and as he promised. And know that he is going to minister in our midst again and again. Praise God. And all the good things that happen. Good things happen to you in 2023? Oh, yes. Praise God. And I thank the Lord we can put our trust in him for those good things to continue. The good things that happen to you, go ahead and put in a trophy case. You can shut the door, but you can still see them. <laughs> Amen. And um, that trophy case is something that you can review from time to time and remind yourself God is faithful. God comes through. God fulfills his word. Praise God. And you can testify about those things in the trophy case. Amen. Look at uh, Deuteronomy 6 and 23. Deuteronomy 6 and 23 is a unique, uh, a unique kind of verse because it speaks of transition. It speaks of something that uh, was and something that is going to be. He brought us out. From thence. And uh, we know Moses is writing about Egyptian bondage. He's writing about th situations that were very negative, things that were not to their liking at all. And perhaps he's even referring to the 40 long years that they've endured because of their unbelief. He brought us out from thence that he might bring us in to give us the land which he swore unto our fathers. The promise was delayed for those 40 years because of their unbelief. God help us in our unbelief. God help us to overcome that. God help us to move into the realm of believing and claiming the promises of the Lord so there isn't a delay. I believe God desires to pour out his spirit. God desires to impart his blessing. God desires to bring forth all that he would impart to his church. Uh, our hearts need to be open and ready to receive and to live in those blessings. Praise God as he opens the door. I'm thankful that God continues to bring us out of darkness. He brings us out of depression. He brings us in deliverance from alcohol and drugs and tobacco and porn and all the other things that would damage our lives and damage our relationships. Thank God he moves us into a freedom and a peace and a power and a blessing. His love, his joy, his goodness, his compassion, the countless blessings that we're encouraged to count. Praise God. And a whole lot better to count the blessings than to count the problems and to count 
the opportunities than to count the obstacles. Thank God that the power of the Lord is there to minister to us. Now, the devil tries to shut the door. We know that. Daniel in the lion's den, uh, the stone and the seal that were ordered by the king, and the soldiers perhaps that were uh, designated to arrest him and bring him uh, to that den and throw him in. But the angel shut the mouths of the lions. Praise God. Be interesting to see how he did that. I don't know if he just thumped him on the nose and said, shut up, or if he had some rope and wrapped it around him or, or wrestled him down and, and uh, taped it. I guess they didn't have tape back then. But he shut the mouth somehow or another. Thank God that Daniel survived that night in the lion's den. The tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. I think it's good for us to understand it was Joseph's tomb. It's not Jesus' tomb. Joseph loaned it to him. Joseph may have thought, it's over. It's ended. He and Nicodemus were, were, were tearfully preparing the body for burial. A hundred pound weight of spices as the Jewish tradition was for, for burial. And, uh, and Joseph may have thought, well, I'm, uh, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm going to make another tomb. I know eventually I will inhabit a tomb as well, and uh, I'll use part of my uh, wealth to pay some other laborers, and they'll prepare a tomb for me. Perhaps he did not grasp the promise that the Lord said, three days I will rise again. Praise God and give that tomb back. But we know the stone, the seal, the soldiers, again, were to no avail. Pilate ordered them. Now, he didn't order them of his own volition. It was a request of the Pharisees that said, we know that deceiver said, in three days, he's going to rise again. Give us security. Give us a, a way to make sure his, his followers don't come and take the body and fabricate some kind of story, some kind of fable that he rose from the dead. And Pilate, I don't know if he had a sneer on his face. I don't know if he had sarcasm in his tone when he said, you have a guard, make it as sure as you can. <laughs> what was going through his mind? You actually think he's going to rise from the dead? You actually think he's going to come alive again? You're actually concerned that there's going to be some kind of story fabricated? And we know, of course, that they paid the soldiers to say his followers came and stole the body. You know, well, they, they were asleep. How would they? Anyway, fear shuts the door. Fear does. The disciples were fearful. They, they were behind closed doors after the crucifixion and death and burial of the Lord. But Jesus appeared to them that Sunday evening that he rose again. And the Bible tells us, John 20 19, he stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. Oh, I'm so thankful that the Lord knows exactly what we need to hear. He knows exactly what we need to feel. He knows exactly what we need to experience. Right in the middle of their confusion and their fear and their chaos, the Lord showed up. Praise God. In verse 26, eight days later, then came Jesus, the doors being shut, 
and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. I'm thankful that we can hear the Lord in that manner as well in the days that we are experiencing difficulty. We don't have to shut the door on the Lord. We let him into the midst and we hear him say, Peace be unto you. Praise God. Praise God. Now, there are times that we do need to shut the door. Cain and uh, his, uh, his selfishness, uh, his, his arrogance, uh, his, his uh, wounded pride, uh, the Lord told him sin is at the door. And he should have responded in a way uh, that would produce repentance and so on. But we look at Lot in Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, he pitched his tent towards Sodom and eventually made his move in that direction. Where he was, was comfortable. It was convenient. He grew complacent and compromising because of all that had been put in place for him. The sinful and perverted behavior that Sodom and Gomorrah were known for just uh, kind of uh, lulled him into a false sense of complacency. Angels, on the other hand, appeared to Abraham and told him of the coming doom of the cities. Why didn't they appear to Lot? Why didn't they come to him? Because he was the one who was going to suffer as a result of that condemnation and judgment. Probably because he wouldn't have listened. But Abraham did. Abraham prayed. Ten righteous would have kept destruction from coming from the city. Never forget the power of your righteousness in the community. Praise God. Not our righteousness in the sense that we're the ones who are making ourselves holy. It's his Holy Spirit that is making the difference. It's his wonderful presence that we respond to and decide, I'm going to follow the Lord and not follow the way of the world. I'm going to crucify the flesh because I want the power of the Spirit. Praise God. I'm thankful that his righteousness is imparted to us. And we need that righteousness to bring influence by example and by teaching in our communities, in our neighborhoods, among our friends and fellow workers, and so on. Praise God. But oh, never forget the power of that righteousness. The angels, because of Abraham's prayer, appeared at Lot's house. And the crowd then gathered at the door. They weren't they weren't trying to inquire who are these strangers. They weren't trying to uh, uh, arrange some kind of greeting that would have said, we welcome everyone who would come uh, to our city. No, they weren't protesting. They weren't rioting. They sought the presence of the strangers with a desire for perversion. Genesis 19 and 10, the men put forth their hand, the angels did, and pulled Lot into the house to them and shut the door. Make sure you're shutting the door on what the devil is trying to put into your life. Make sure you're shutting the door on that which is perverse and that which is wrong and sinful. The men tried to force the door, but the angels smote them with blindness. Then the angels told Lot, go and get your sons and daughters, your sons-in-law. It's important to know it was people that were to be sought, not things. Not position, not place, it was people. But while Lot lingered, 
The angels grabbed their hands, uh, him and his wife, their daughters, and brought them out of the city. Thank God the Lord's mercy was in place because of Abraham praying. Don't stop praying. Keep believing and trusting the Lord. Praise God. Now, the woman uh, who was a widow in our uh, text today, uh, because of her uh, widow status, she was in debt. And the debt endangered her sons. And she wondered what she was going to do. Now, she was a widow of one of the sons of the prophets, one of the men who had dedicated themselves to the work of the Lord. And uh, he uh, died, and now this widow woman is about to lose her sons who would be taken to satisfy the debt. And she came to Elisha uh, for relief, for an answer. Elisha asked, what do you have in your house? Hmm. What would your answer be? <clears throat> I hope that we don't have anything in our house that's going to be detrimental to our spiritual walk. And we don't invite anything into our house, electronically or otherwise, that is going to be a problem with the Lord's presence and his ability to work miracles in our house. She said, I have a pot of oil, hardly adequate for cooking for her own needs, much less paying off the debt. But I, I'm thankful God can use what you have. God can take what you've got, even though you may think it's minuscule, even though you may think it doesn't amount to much, but God can use it and multiply it in the miracle that he can provide. Praise God. She was told, get more pots, get more jars, get more containers, whatever they might be. Collect large and small, and then pour out from your pot of oil. And so she did. And the more she collected, the bigger the miracle. And she may have wondered, how am, am I going to fill all of these vessels, all of this collection that she and her sons went from door to door asking, do you have any empty jars? Do you have any empty containers? Do you have any empty barrels? I don't know what all they gathered. And she probably wondered, how is this going to work? How am I going to get this done? But don't stop short of the miracle. Praise God. I'm thankful that, you know, it's interesting to read 2 Kings and uh, Elisha. It's almost as though there's miracle after miracle after miracle that uh, comes forth as though to demonstrate, yes, indeed, there is going to be a double portion. Praise God. Dig the ditches that are going to be full of water. Shoot the arrow and then hit the arrow on the ground and don't stop until the, the, the prophet tells you to. Uh, unfortunately, there were those who perhaps stopped short of being able to bring forth the fullness of the miracle. Amen. But shut the door. What for? Why did she have to shut the door? We read it. Shut the door twice appears in the text. Because God often does his work behind the scenes. There's not trumpet blaring and lights flashing and uh, handwriting on the wall that God's saying, I'm going to provide for you. I'm going to minister to you. I'm not going to forsake you. I'm for you. Praise God. And the Lord just shows it to you. And you can testify about it. Praise God. Because that's the kind of work that he does. Now, she borrowed those containers from the neighbors. The neighbors, knowing her uh, widow status, no doubt had already stepped in to help, 
already had provided. And so now they're wondering, uh, what are you going to do with all those containers? What, what, what's going on here anyway? And um, would they have wanted them back full of oil? Give us a share of the miracle. <laughs> Praise God. I'm sure the Lord could have provided it for it. Praise God. But thank the Lord she could celebrate the miracle as it unfolded. I wonder how big her smile was getting as she poured out and filled that vessel. And one of the sons moved it aside. And the other son brought another one and put it in place. And she poured until that vessel was full. And the process just kept going. Praise God. Did she have to put that pot down at one point and dance around with her sons, excited about what God was doing and how the Lord was unfolding his miracle? And they picked it up again and started pouring again. Praise God. I'm glad we don't have to become weary and well-doing. For the Bible says we shall reap in due season if we faint not. I think it's good for us to take a look again at Galatians 6 and 9 because the devil wants us to be sure that we become weary. The devil wants us to become faint. But I'm thankful. Let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Praise God. If you underline your Bible, underline that one. Because God wants us to be assured he is the miracle worker. He is going to bring forth. There shall be a reaping. Praise God. And the work of the harvester is going to be rewarded. Praise God. Pour out on those empty vessels. All of them were filled up. All shapes and sizes. Praise God. I wonder if she tried to speed the process up. I wonder if she tried to pour faster and faster into more and more containers. But praise God, the miracle was fulfilled. And she sold some of the oil to settle the debt. And then her, she and her sons lived on the rest of the proceeds from the oil sales. The door stayed open then because she needed to sell it all. Praise God. And thank the Lord that God is able to do the work. Now in that same chapter, another woman. The Shunammite woman, as she is called, showed hospitality to the man of God. And in turn, he asked her what she needed. I'll speak to the king. I'll speak to the captain of the host. I'll let them know what you need. And then Gehazi said she has no child and her husband is old. I wonder if there was a memory of the miracle for Abraham and Sarah or a foreshadowing of the miracle for Zacharias and Elizabeth. Praise God. But these two women, no matter what uh, spectrum they were a part of in society, a widow woman who was poor, a wealthy woman who could offer hospitality. Thank God that no matter where uh, the need shows up, I'm glad that the Lord is able to step forward and do the work. Praise God. And sure enough, a child was born to her and grew, and he was out in the field working with his dad. And it's very possible that sunstroke came upon the child and knocked him down, maybe an aneurysm. We don't know. We don't know. We just know that his life was threatened, and then he passed on the lap of his mother. What did the mother do? I'm sure there were tears. I'm sure there were questions. I'm sure there was weeping and, and clutching her child 
to her bosom. I, 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 it was hard to let go. But what did she do? She put him in the room that she had set aside for the prophet, and she shut the door. Shut the door. Because she didn't want there to be a misunderstanding. Go ahead and prepare him for burial. Go ahead and go through with the process. No, we're going to give God time. We're going to give God an opportunity. Praise God. And we're going to see what the Lord can do. She left to find Elisha on Mount Carmel. It's significant. That's where he is. Elisha came to her house and went to his room. And the Bible says, he went in, therefore, and shut the door upon them twain and prayed unto the Lord. And he kept praying. Praise God. Just like Elijah kept praying for rain on Mount Carmel. Praise God. And then life. Life. And the child sneezed seven times. Why count the number of times? It's a mess. And I think about Pastor Greg preaching, don't let the mess stop you from receiving the miracle. Praise God. Don't stop. Keep going. Keep going. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus in praying, prayed in public, but more often he prayed solitarily all-night prayer meetings, praying in the mountain, praying in the wilderness, praying in the garden. And when he prayed in public, they were short and weren't long. And that's why he gave uh, instruction as far as giving and praying. He said, given your alms, uh, your father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. And then Matthew 6, when he said, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Amen. Now, he wasn't endorsing and restricting prayer to only being silently, because then we'd have to take Acts 4 out of the Bible. We'd have to take assembly in Acts 20 out. No, the Lord was simply saying, don't do it for attention. Don't, don't carry on eloquently here to impress people. You're, you're trying to get the attention of the Lord. And he gave us the pattern of prayer, and it involved worship, hallowed be thy name. It involved his will, thy will be done. It involved the wants or the needs that we would express, give us this day. And it would involve the cleansing, the washing, forgive us. Praise God, and I'm thankful his blood can wash us. It involves watching, lead us, deliver us. Praise God, watch where you're going. And watch and make sure you're following the Lord. And then worship again. Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Praise God. And that's who we call upon. That's who we believe. That's who we look to. And thank, thankful that the Lord can do the work that he desires. God will shut the door. Yes, he will. Noah had completed that ark. The door stayed open to allow the animals to enter supernaturally, I believe it was happening. I don't, think, uh, I don't think Noah and his boys had to run around gathering them up. I think the Lord directed them, just like he can gather into his church, just like he's gathering yet today, those who are being baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, those who are being filled with the Spirit. Praise God. The Lord is gathering. So those animals came into that ark, and the door stayed open to allow the animals to enter. In 1 Peter 3 and 20, the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. 
Well, the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls, were saved by water. The majority is not always right. The majority in this world is saying that anything goes. You can throw off the, uh, uh, the principles of the Word of God. You don't have to live by them anymore. Uh, all of this aspect of, of how we're going to be uh, free to do whatever we want, that's what we're going to do. No, we're going to follow what the Word of God says. Amen. And God shut the door of the ark. They that went in, went in male and female of all flesh, as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. The Lord shut the door, because he said, my spirit will not always strive with man. That was a warning that he imparted to all of society, because their imaginations of their heart were only evil continually. No, that's why we're to cast down imaginations. That's why we're to bring every thought into captivity, into the obedience of Christ, praise God, and to move into that realm of God's blessings and his touch. The Lord told the parable about the ten virgins. He said five were wise, five were foolish. The difference was in preparation. The wise were prepared with oil, the foolish ran out. The foolish had to leave and go and buy. In Matthew 25 and 10, while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in. Oh, God, help us to be ready. God, help us to understand all of the signs that are taking place in the Middle East and in our country and in Europe and all, all around the world. God, help us to recognize this is not the time to be unready, unprepared. This is the time to make sure we're following what God says in his word and to reach out for others and to let them know God's word is coming to pass exactly as he said. They that were ready went in with him to the marriage and the door was shut. Amen. The five came back saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But the door was shut. And the warning in verse 13 of Matthew 25 is so important for us to take heed to today. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. We've got to be sure we're following through on what the Word of God says. I'm thankful we're serving the one who is able to open and shut. Revelation 3 and 7, to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. Praise God, the Lord can do that work. And he dispatches his angels to do that work. One angel in Revelation 21, angel, the one uh, like shut the lion's mouth for Daniel, the one that rolled the stone away from the front of the tomb for the ladies to come who wanted to minister to Jesus. One angel has the key to the bottomless pit, and he has a great chain. What's he going to do with that? Praise God. And John identified what's going to happen. The one who is called dragon, serpent, devil, Satan. Why did, you know, John, John's interesting in that when he wrote the gospel, he uses a lot of names and titles for the Lord, more than any other of the gospel writers. And then in Revelation, he carries it right on. There's more and more 
uh, names and titles giving of the Lord? Why is he uh, giving the devil uh, this space, the dragon, the serpent, the devil, Satan? Because all those names and more, the deceiver, the father of lies, the destroyer, the stealer, go on and on, praise God. But when that angel gets a hold of him that has the key and has the chain, you can call him bound. Hallelujah. Bound for a thousand years. Hallelujah. And that angel will shut him up and set a seal upon him. And just as Satan had used a stone and a seal in soldiers, in the case of Daniel, in the case of Jesus, thank God, now he's shut up. Amen. And I'd like to be there to say, how you like that? I won't be, but I'd sure like to be. Ha, praise God, because my God is the one who is going to fulfill his word. And he is ultimately going to be cast into the lake of fire and brimstone forever. Hallelujah. And the smoke of his torment is going to ascend forever. Hallelujah. Thank God. We'll be in the place of having the glory and the power of God and his goodness. Oh, the wide gate that leads to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. We don't have to follow that path. We don't have to go down that way. The devil wants to deceive as many as he can, but we don't have to follow it. Praise God. We can move into the heavenly city and be in the realm that God wants us to be. And notice this, Revelation 21, 25, the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. Hallelujah. Now, in one sense, the door is shut because that passage goes on to say, nothing that defiles, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie can enter. So there's, there's exclusions of those aspects of evil and wrongdoing. But thank God we can enter into his presence forever. Blessed are the ones called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Oh, I'm thankful for the power of the Lord to display. I read Isaiah 26 and 20. And uh, when, I, when I read it, 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 it seemed to me uh, to be an indication of what the Lord would desire us to do and how he's going to fulfill his word in the rapture of the church, taking the church out of here before the, the wrath uh, comes upon the world, the seven-year tribulation that we know is about to unfold. But here uh, the Lord says, Come, my people, enter thou into thy chambers and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment until the indignation be overpassed. Praise God. We're going to be moved into that realm of power and glory and blessing in that marriage supper of the Lamb while Israel goes through uh, the trouble, the trials, the difficulties of Jacob until they recognize, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. And that time will come. But thank God, the redeemed, those who've been rescued, those who've been ransomed, will move into the realm of God's glory forever and ever and reign with him in peace and light and glory. Praise God. I'm thankful we can move into that realm and know the Lord's going to do that work. Amen. Stand with me today, please. Oh, what glory and power the Lord's going to reveal. Amen. As we look into this new year, as we wait upon him and trust him, and we 
uh, pray to exert apostolic influence. And we let the Lord use us uh, to be on that place where apostolic influence is going to be revealed. Praise God. And God will use you. Yes, he will. Amen. He'll shut the door on opposition. He'll shut the door on uh, difficulty and trial. He'll shut the door on the devil with his lies and deceit. And open doors of opportunity for you. Praise God and to move us into his realm of blessing and power as we reign upon him and believe him. Praise God. Let's come and pray here today. Amen. And trust that God is going to minister marvelously as he continues to be the miracle worker that we call upon, the one who hears, the one who answers, the one who delivers, the one who blesses, the one who heals, the one who lifts up. Praise God. That's who we trust. That's who we believe. That's who we rely upon. Praise God. Let's give him praise here right now.